Welcome back to the Valley to Peak Nutrition Podcast. This is the last episode of 2023. We put out just shy of 25 episodes this year, which has been awesome. I personally have loved hearing stories from other listeners. Lindsay and I have thoroughly enjoyed getting the questions that you guys write in on and have loved covering those. You guys are so insightful in the way that you ask them and the way that you think. So they're always a a true joy to get and to respond to. And it's been a lot of fun to have panel of experts join us from Mark and I covering the no off-season series at the start of the year to Chantel from Uphill Athlete covering topics on high altitude and training. She'll actually be joining us for some more episodes in 2024. Dr. Nelson in the series that we did on trying to sort out the fact and fiction on if endurance training is actually good or bad for us and where does that saturation point live and a variety of other episodes. We have a lot of other exciting episodes coming in the new year with a ton of guests, some old, like I'd mentioned, as well as many new ones. Now we're gonna continue to sort through the frequently asked questions. So if you have any of those, you can continue to send those over to our email address, which we'll give in the show notes. As one of uh, Valley to Peak's core values is being an objective and reliable source of information for really anyone to trust. The final episode is one to first of all, say thank you to you. We've had just shy of 50,000 downloads since the podcast started a couple of years ago. It's truly an honor and I I thoroughly enjoy doing this. So we, we really wanted to say thanks. We regularly get emails from many of you telling us thank you or messages on social media and you know, podcasts do this at the end of the year, right? They highlight their year and they say thank you. And so it can kind of sound cliche, especially if there's a round of podcasts that you make your way through. But those letters and you listening and all of that truly mean so much. When we started this in October of, I think it was 2021 or even earlier than that, I had zero idea what to expect. So to see that you guys enjoy it and to tell us that is, uh, it's just it's just a, an absolute blast to continue to do. So this podcast is first and foremost to briefly just say thank you. It truly means so much to us that you would listen. We're excited about what's been done, but also looking forward to what is coming. The second piece of this is answering a question that we've never really addressed, which is what does Valley to Peak actually offer and what's new in 2024? So I am joined by the only person who has been with Valley to Peak since its inception, other than me and Lindsay, obviously but never said a word and we've probably never mentioned. And his name is Steven and you'll get a little bit of um, background about who he is, how he's a part of Valley to Peak and more importantly, what we've got planned in 2024. And he's on because he is basically the legs to Valley to Peak. I come up with ideas, sometimes good, sometimes not. And he does the rest of it, whether that's putting it out in an email blast or creating some emailers to go out or anything. He, he gives legs to every idea. And so you, you'll, you'll get to hear who he is. It's kind of a, a fun behind the scenes look at Valley to Peak, as well as us talking about what do we even offer? What's to come in 2024? And, you know, if w- what freebies are out there as well. So I think that I think a lot of people will enjoy that because it's something we've never talked about. Finally, we had a guest earlier in the year. His name was Ken. And you might remember that Ken was the one in February in Salt Lake City at Hunt Expo who stopped me and said, you're always talking about how simple nutrition is, but I've not found that. Explain yourself. And so I said, look, let's just have you on the podcast. Ask your questions on the podcast. We'll press record. We'll publish the episode because it's likely that the questions you have 
other people have. And hopefully the outcome from that will not only give you answers to start building out your own plan, but it'll also help um, give others the same information so they can start to detail out their own plan too. What's unique about this is he did it <laughs> and he he met his goal actually. So Ken joins us. I thought what a great way to cap 2024 by having an actual story that listeners and myself have gotten to hear the very beginning of and now the end of. So he joins us to talk about that process, what he's learned, where he's at, what he's going to do in the future. And I just think it's a great way to cap the year. So we will be back in January with a ton of new episodes. And I'll leave you with the only favor that I will ask of all year. If you like the episode, if you've enjoyed them, if you found them helpful, any of those things, would you consider doing one or all three of these things? One, subscribe so you don't miss any of the future episodes. Two, share it with a friend or a family member or a foe or a neighbor or whoever. If you think they might enjoy it, maybe you guys have been in conversation and we've covered a topic about what you've talked about and they, they might enjoy that. Would you send them that episode or send them the link to the podcast? And then three, just stopping really quick, even now pressing pause, jumping into your podcast platform, ranking the podcast, and then continuing on with the episode. So those three things are tremendously helpful to us in a quick and easy way to spread the word about a podcast that we hope you enjoy. Here is us answering what's coming in Valley to Peak for 2024, what is Valley to Peak, as well as Ken's journey from start to finish. Welcome back to the Valley to Peak podcast. I've got a super special guest today. Stephen Norris is with me. And so to give everybody some kind of a background, Stephen, when we initially had this idea for Valley to Peak, which was like in 2017, I think it was, like, feel free to correct me if I get any of this wrong, but you were... I don't want to say dabbling, but had had some experience in creating a website. Is that right? You'd already yeah. been doing it for somebody. Was it John and some other people? John, uh, my brother, some stuff I've been doing on my own as well. Yeah. Yeah. So Stephen and I are friends. We, you know, personally know each other. We've known each other for a few years now. And when we first started to do Valley to Peak, I asked him, I was like, hey, will you, you know, sort of help me with creating this landing page for this idea that I've got, I'm going to be on this podcast and I'd like for people to have a resource they can go to. And you've been there through all the changes ever since, which has been a lot in the last however many years that we've been doing this. So like, I just want to express a public gratitude to you for all that you've done. I mean, you've went from doing it for completely nothing and just being excited about it period to uh, you know, what it's turned into today. So thank you. Well, thank you, man. It's been really fun to assist you along the way and take on different, a lot of different roles as that goes, mostly cheerleader and tech assistant, just friend and confidant along the way, but seeing you go through a lot of phases of this business and it's been really fun to um, help you grow through each of the steps when you initially were working full-time at the hospital and then starting to do a little bit of both working at the hospital and starting Valley to Peak, tip the tables on there. And then you bit the bullet on going full-time to Valley to Peak after a while. And it's been really fun to watch you watch you grow it, kind of sit in the back corner and assist you in doing it. It's been fun for me. One of the reasons I thought, man, this would just be such, you would be the perfect person to have on is because for about three months or so, we've 
started to develop some stuff that is more web-based for people to access. And most of that will be available in 2024. And so you had a hand in a large majority of that, right? Like, so really all I do is give you ideas of, Hey, here's what I'm interested in doing. And then you put legs to it, which I just don't have the skill set, desire, anything else to do. So you're the perfect person to talk about it. First, I would be curious from your perspective, what you have seen change the most from day one to now and kind of looping in for maybe people who are new listeners to the podcast, new to Valley to Peak or whatever, what do we even do? <laughs> like what, what, what is even offered right now? Yeah. Well, that's a good question. Cause I think if anyone has dabbled in small business at all, they know that staying focused is probably one of the hardest things. And it's just been kind of seeing what serves people the best and what, you know, what seems to generate interest and provide results for your, for your clients. With all that said right now, I think um, what I'm especially excited about is some really high quality online course content that you're going to be able to offer in the new year here. Like you said, I've been the one who kind of set up the the backbone on the website to be able to offer a a step-by-step class that people can take in a sequential order and have it packaged in a nice way. I think that's going to be a really great way to offer something to everyone that's been filmed really nicely and has really great content. Yeah. So you, we've already got, um, you know, like a course online that folks can access if they're interested in that. And it's really like 20 different topics throughout like what I've learned and working with people over the last however many years, it seems to be, or I tried to condense it down to be the 20 biggest things that people want to know. And it, I didn't set out for it to be 20. It just ended up being 20 as I went down the list and thought, what are the questions I get asked the most about? What seems to be the greatest barriers of entry for people to have success for whatever that goal might be? And we created a course for each of that and then packaged that whole course in a in a in a one and this was huge and this was your doing package that entire course in one place right so people sign up for it it's 99 bucks one time lifetime access you get access to all of these courses and every resource that is tied to those topics that we have ever put out in one spot all accessible with a username and a password that you can go back to now or 45 years from now if the internet exists 45 years from now and 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 get access to that what we've done in 2024 is similar to that offering but really changed two things one condensed it way down from 20 to about six to eight and improved the quality i think the content in the current course is great i think the information is great there is nothing i would go back and change about the information The one thing that I look back on it now and sort of feel like, yeah, I don't love that is the quality of the video itself. And you can make the argument that, okay, we'll shut the video off and people still get the content and it's great. But still, you know, when, when we, when I first started to develop those courses, it was in the infancy of Valley to Peak. It was at the peak of COVID. I was recording them inside of my office in my house with kids in the background. You know, it was just kind of like, just. I had a I had a, a USB camera because at that point it was the only camera I had the the computer I was using didn't have one so I really wanted to improve that and that'll be available probably early in 2024. There's already so there's already the the course now. There will be a I'm not even going to call it a new course because the content is similar but it's condensed with a little bit higher quality. 
And then there's, of course, the current one-on-one coaching offerings that we've always had since Valley to Peak first started. The other thing that you worked a ton on this year were the sheets, right? The, the development of the fact sheets. So I'd love for you to sort of give a 30-foot overview of what that looks like, but I'll preface your introduction to those by saying, all I did was put some words in a Word document and you made them look very nice. <laughs> so from your perspective, you know, what do you, what, how would you describe what the, what the, what the FAQ sheets are? Yeah, I'm actually, I think I'm actually a pretty good person to ask that question of because, um, I'm not a nutrition buff by any means. Um, anything I know about it, I've learned by building stuff for you and listening to your content. <laughs> so it's been kind of fun to, you know, while I'm editing your courses and stuff like that, I'm learning this stuff too, and kind of synthesizing in my mind, like, how is this going to make sense for someone who might be hearing this for the first time? So I did that process with the courses. And I also did it quite a bit with the sheets because I had to go back to you and ask like, what are you really saying here? I don't like, I'm not sure if this is clear. So I had to ask you a few times what, what you meant, or is this really necessary or can this be more simplified or anything like that? But really it, trying to remember how many we ended up with or 10 sheets. Yeah. I think sheets. there's, I think there's six, like, you know, call them major topics, carbs, proteins, timings, calories, some of those things. And then for some of those topics, there's bonus. And if I remember right, we ended up with a total of between 10 and 12. I can just jump in here and look. Yeah. Yeah. It was a pretty big undertaking more than I think either of us thought it was going to be. I think we put so much work into boiling down what people really need to know that they turned into a really pretty cool product that I'm I'm proud of, and I'm sure I'm sure you are too. But I think it really, if you were to get the bundle, which is you know the best bang for your buck, and you get all those sheets, you really have a quick reference guide for all of the top you know nutrition areas that someone should focus on if they have some kind of fitness goal in their life. I think it would cover a lot of those basic questions to get them started, and then. You know, obviously there's more fine tuning that anyone can do and there's more questions that anyone can ask, but I think it's a really good like first stepping stone to give people some rules of thumb to work with. And that's exactly what I wanted to create. I wanted to, you know, give people some sort of a resource that if they were only interested in learning about protein, there was something they could access, look at on one page and get those main questions answered. Same with carbohydrates, some of these other ones, right? So you did a, a, you did a great job formatting. Like they're, they're really easy to read. They look nice, but I, that was one of the things I appreciated through the process was you, you didn't know there were some things in there that I had written out that I wanted to be a part of the sheets, but they weren't clear to you. And that's great, right? Because you are essentially who I want to at least to be available for. So they ended up being uh, a one on protein, one on calories, one on electrolytes and hydration, one on fats, one on carbs, one on carb loading, totals and timings, et cetera. So you, you can just purchase one sheet if you wanted to, or you could buy all of them with, I think there's five bonus sheets, which is what we're calling like the bundle. Um, and definitely the best from a cost and a value um, standpoint. So those are kind of, 
you know, the big things that we've worked on over the course of 2023 was the one-on-one coaching is still available. You've got a self-guided course that you can go through if you're just wanting to learn a little bit about nutrition, but you're not quite sure the one-on-one is the type, you, you don't necessarily want that type of depth. And then there's also now these FAQ sheets, which maybe you've had coaching before, but you just want to brush up on some of the basics or, you know, whatever the reason might be, you can access something, some sort of a resource that is quick hitting and get straight to the point. You don't have to listen to me ramble in the course. You can just get the information and keep it. It's always yours, right? You access it. It's yours forever. I still wanted something different. I still felt like, okay, we... My my goal has always to be to to provide good information that ranges a broad spectrum for people who want it. There's coaching for less expensive self guided options. There's the course. There's all these things, but there was still felt like there was just something I wanted. So, can you talk about kind of what our game plan is for the new year? There's really three things specifically. You kind of have already mentioned a revamp and a, a condensing a, a different course. And I'm apprehensive to even call it that because really the information's the same. It's just in a smaller format and the quality's a little bit higher. But what about the other things? I guess probably the the one that seems, in my mind, seems to really bridge the gap between someone who's interested in or not quite interested in one-on-one coaching but also maybe a little bit beyond just taking the self-guided course. That's a pretty big gap, I think. And so with your Foundations Plus program, I believe you have five people. You're going to try to set up classes of five. Yeah, so we kind of capped it between, I, I mean, honestly, I don't know why couldn't do more. <laughs> I, I think I just initially came up with a number of capping the, you know, it at, it at five or capping it at 10, but yeah, you're right. It's sort of a group coaching format and with a smaller group, I, I guess, I guess I do know why it capped it. I don't want 40 people in a course yeah. because then you limit what you're actually getting out of being in a group course, right? As, as sort of trying to settle that happy medium between self-guided and full bore one-on-one coaching, you get too many people and now it's just a giant group, which is also ineffective. Yeah, totally. I think, I think this is going to be a really good sweet spot for those people in the mentor in the middle. It's going to be in the middle for people who, yeah, maybe don't care to take as deep of a dive as a one-on-one coaching client, but it's also in the middle for, you know, for a different price point. And so I think it will serve a lot of people and there's going to be a few sessions of them as well Is it three months at a time, five people. Yeah. So we're going to run one per quarter, right? Starting in January. So you'll have what we'll call like winter spring cohort that'll run January to March and then a spring cohort that will run April to June, kind of a fall that will run, you know, the next quarter and then a winter at the end of the quarter. So there's four opportunities. And the reason they're spaced out like that is because it's, it's that long, right? So it's, it's eight or 12 weeks. And what it is, is it is the course, which is this, you know, call it new one that we're developing. So it is that course, but you're diving in a little bit deeper through live calls. So every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Mountain, you will be able to get in with a small group of people and dive deeper into the topic. So like, let's say, for example, one of the first steps of our entire process is the audit phase. Everything's broken into three phases. You got an audit phase, a goal phase, and then a maintenance phase. 
So if they're doing that audit phase, you watch the video, it sort of talks about the audit, talks about how to go through it, but sometimes it's helpful to sit down with someone and sort through the options, right? There's three main options that most people are focusing on. Maybe there's two of those three that they see that they're, you know, they're sort of torn between. So it gives you the opportunity to sit down, sort through what options should I lean towards based on that? Then you go to week two and you start talking about calories. You run your calorie numbers. Here's what you're observing, questions you've got on that. So it gives you some additional support where the uh, being in the course alone, you might not be able to access that, right? And then on the flip side of that, being in the middle versus like one-on-one coaching, it doesn't have me going in though and doing a thorough in-depth analysis on your nutrition where the one-on-one coaching does and you're getting tailored feedback. So it, it again is kind of that happy medium where maybe you don't want that type of commitment, but you feel like you do want a little bit more than just walking through a course on your own. Um, there's that option for that too. So yeah, it'll be offered four times over the course of the year, broken into quarters with the first one starting in January of this year. The live calls will be uh, every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Mountain Time. If you can't make those, you get a recording of it uh, and you get you know access to it that, that as well. So yeah, there's like you had mentioned sort of that happy medium. So that's, that's new for 2024. And then in addition to that, some, you know, more specified classes. So twice a year, one in spring, one in fall, doing a four-week course on planning backcountry nutrition specifically geared towards spring hunts or spring hikes or spring expeditions or whatever and then once for the fall as well as a couple of single day one hour long courses for dehydrating your own food right so you've got questions about that topics you want to cover and then everybody who attends that will get a free copy of the dehydrate guide so really the goal this year was to try to fill in the gaps, create something for people who wanted more than just some sheets, but who maybe were uncertain about the commitment either because of time or some other reason um, for the one-on-one coaching. And honestly, because I am just one person, it gives me the opportunity to help a variety of people. And there's like there is strength in numbers. If you get five people, 10 people meeting at the same time for three months. Like I've seen this before when we've done this in other groups, it is inevitable that they reform a relationship, which means it is inevitable that there is the strength in numbers and accountability and progress is always better, not even while they're in it, but even after it. And so, you know, I thought that that was um, just kind of an ancillary benefit to offering something like this. And I'm excited to see how it works yeah totally there's a lot of truth to that i think um i used to be in personal finance coaching as you know and anytime that i did group coaching seeing the synergy in the group and people you know shared experiences shared feelings all that kind of stuff and the shared encouragement was always kind of a cool spin on on -on one-on-one coaching because it just doesn't come off the same that way so all right so if you're interested in really any of that stuff, I think the best way, and and you can tell me if I'm wrong here because this is really your your wheelhouse, the best way to stay up to speed on this, the best way to you know just stay interested is if you're not already on the newsletter list, 
go to the website, make sure that you're on the newsletter or even email me and I'll put you on the newsletter list or whatever we send emails twice a month. Almost always I'm at least my goal in writing them. You're the one that actually puts them together and sends them out. But my goal in writing them is for there to be something helpful in there that you can take and use in every newsletter as hard as that is sometimes for me to put together. That's the goal. And I feel like we've done a great job doing that. But in that, if something's new, if there's an open spot, if you want to know when the days and the times are of the launch of these different um, Foundations Plus programs that will launch every quarter over 2024, the best way to stay in touch with that is be on the newsletter and look for the signups, unless you tell me different. No, that's, I mean, the newsletter is actually a great call out. There's a ton of great content in there every couple of weeks. And I've that's that's where I've learned a ton of the stuff that you've taught over the years is by reading and editing and sending out your newsletters. But yeah, as far as being the first to know when new stuff's coming out, that's definitely the best place to get it. People will have it there before they get it on the new, on the website or anywhere else. Yeah. So if you think like you're interested January one, you're going to have a game plan. You're going to want some guidance and you think this might be a good way to go. I would sign up now because I definitely will cap it for the reasons that we had mentioned earlier. And you also might be someone who's got, you know, you, you drew a tag or you applied for a tag and you know that you're going to want to start prepping in April or May. You may want to sign up for the spring cohort. If you know that you don't have anything planned really till September or later, the summer could be fitting for you. There's a lot of potential options. So if you think you're interested, go ahead, take a look, sign up, make sure that you know about the, um, the information and the launch dates whenever they happen, and we will be sure to get that to you. So last but not least, I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on, and thanks for all that you've done over the however many years we've been doing this. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. So if you are interested in any of that that you had heard about, probably the best place to go is to our website, sign up for the newsletter. There's also some links that I'll put into the show notes where you can check out any of the information there if you're inclined to do so, if you heard something that you feel like would be helpful or is of interest to you. A big thanks to Stephen, just not only for coming on the podcast too, but all of the incredible work that he has done uh, both for me and Valley to Peak over the years, uh, truly just such a such a tremendous blessing to us. So that is part one. Part two, and uh, you'll hear here just in a second, is finishing story of Ken's journey in 2023. And again, I kind of said this in the introduction, but I just felt like this was such a great way to cap off the podcast for 2023 with someone's journey who you really got to see the entire thing of beginning where he had a ton of questions answering those questions developing a plan midway through the process and then as you'll hear about now reaching sort of his his goal so uh, i'll introduce ken again for those of you who maybe aren't familiar i'll link our first episode in the show notes if you want to go back and listen to the front story of that maybe you're just now tuning in but uh here is the rest of ken's story so let's uh let's jump in this is like your third time on here and i would be doing you a disservice almost to not let you come back and finish it you know people hear really inspiring stories whether it's on here or any podcast for that matter very rarely do they come back the third time after they've hit the goal and i have to be honest with you sometimes i think that's because they never hit the goal and so i thought man I would be doing you a disservice and almost anybody who listens to the podcast a disservice to not have you back on. 
So as brief or as long as you want to go into it, can you lay that kind of lay the foundation as to when we ran into each other in February at Hunt Expo in Salt Lake and then like what transpired from that point on? Yeah, real quick would be we bumped into each other at the Hunt Expo. Quick introduction. You took the time to answer one question for me, which turned into a podcast where you allowed me to ask you anything I wanted. Literally, the your simple answer was weight loss is simple, calories in versus calories out. I followed that. And in 169 days, I reached my goal of being less than 200 pounds. Yeah. So you emailed me in August and I get this email from you and the subject line says, thank you is not enough. And I'm just like, oh man, what's this about? Because I don't get emails like that. And you went on to explain just what you said. 169 days later, you reached this goal. You sent some pictures of you at a particular point in your guys's death hike but i'm curious like now that you're here on the other side of our conversation in salt lake i really have i guess two questions one would be what does it feel like to be where you're at and two was the conversation that we had just after us bumping into each other in salt lake was it true because the question specifically that you asked me there was you said you always say it's so easy and I don't find it to be. And now here you are on the other side of that 58 pounds, you might as well just call it 60, 60 pounds down. Was it that easy? Was it that simple? And what's it feel like to be where you're at? I remember when I asked you, you, you did say it right. I asked you, you always say that weight loss is easy. And you said easy. And I said, I'm sorry. I meant simple. You always say it's simple, but I've thought about that a lot. And honestly, it is easy and simple. You know, someone gets all deterred, like, oh man, you have to like just re-listening to your Thanksgiving uh, podcast where you talked about all of these things. And it, if you could just convince someone that these things are true, that yeah, okay. So I, I know what a cup of rice is, right? It's not hard. Is it hard to put rice in a cup and then put it on your plate? No. So Yes, it is easy. Just convincing people is like the hard part. Like, hey, how'd you do it? You tell them and then they like argue with you like, well, I've heard this and that. And I'm like, well, you, I've heard all those things. Here's what I did and it worked for me. It is easy. And they just like don't want to believe it. Have you had have you had people ask you for advice? Like, what are your tips? I know like in let me so so, so some backstory to the question. In that in that first podcast we did, I know that your dad specifically sort of started to take interest and really started to go down and, and, and sort of do the same things that you were doing. Have you had other people who hear what you did and are like, huh, I think we'll give that a try? I have actually. The Another friend of mine started, he got distracted and basically quit. And now just recently, uh, after going hunting with him, he's back on it and fully committed and no i love that i mean that's the that's the deal right like be able to teach other people and help them i think is is a huge component of this i it's it's interesting to me like i'm i'm processing in my head whether to even to bring this up because i don't want to seem narcissistic and talk about myself but and you can tell me this is true for you or not i vividly remember having this conversation with myself about i have got to find something to motivate me to keep going beyond the compliments of other people because for a while like that's what i feasted on that's what continued to make me want to keep going 
But after a while, I realized like that didn't matter. So I wanted to find something within myself to sort of keep me motivated beyond just what I looked like. Did you find that to be true of you at all? Like things that were important to you and there is something specific. I'm not going to tell you what this is that you had mentioned, but were there things beyond the physical appearance that you felt like kept you motivated? Oh, for sure. I, my goal was a true pounds loss. I wanted to lose weight so I could move through the mountains more efficiently. Um, walking around at 250, I knew how that felt. You know, you throw a pack on with 20 pounds of gear in it. And then if I had an elk, there's another 50 pounds. If I literally just took 50 pounds off of myself, I could put 50 pound hindquarter on my back and it was like net zero. I'm at zero right now. I could throw another 50 on and that's what it would be like a year ago. So my goal was purely pounds of weight that I didn't want to carry anymore. I like to ski and skiing is, you know, just doing those turns after a couple runs, I'm, I'm trying to slow down 250 pounds while my kid is slowing down 60. If I drop 50 pounds, I have 50 pounds off of every single turn I make on that mountain. So for me, the mentality was just sheer weight. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, it brings up a good point because you're talking about force, right? Especially when you're talking about skiing, because now you're, now you're multiplying your weight times your speed, plus you've got, you know, incline and everything else going against you. And anybody who's skied knows that that means the difference between like five runs and 15, yeah. <laughs> right? Is Because that will smoke your legs depending on where you're going and how long the lift lines are, et cetera. But I think that makes a good point. You had commented on that and I know you guys recently did a death hike and this is sort of what led to these pictures, right? So you send me these pictures in a Valley to Peak shirt saying, I reached my goal weight on this death hike that you had done at a particular point in your death hike. Can you, A, kind of highlight what the death hike is for you guys? Because most people are familiar with what it is as far as like XO, but you guys do something a little bit different. And then what it felt like to be on the death hike this year, having had reached your goals compared to last year and why that particular point on the death hike was significant to you. Gabe with Ivory Holsters uh, took the Exo Mountain Gear death hike idea and made his own. We do it uh, near our hunting area. There's a wilderness area and he put on uh, roughly 30, it was supposed to be a 36 mile hike. Uh, two days, we started stupid early uh, to get to this point called the Devil's Causeway. It's a really narrow stretch of uh, mesa. There's basically this giant mesa is thinning out and you have like a two foot walkway um, where you get to scramble across some rocks and it's, it can be scary. Like I could see how people who I used to rock climb. So this was not that scary to me, but you have to be careful. And it was just exhilarating Pri just prior to our death hike. I had hit my goal. And one of my, I don't know how to put it. One of my, I bought a shirt from you. And I told myself I wasn't allowed to wear it until I hit my goal, that I would be doing you a disservice by repping you in that way. And this is something I put on myself. This was no conversation with you. You had no clue this was it. I ordered a shirt. You sent it in the best packaging ever, by the way. And I said, I can't wear this until I hit my goal. And I hit my goal and I put that shirt on. 
over my other shirt so that it was prominently displayed. And yeah, I got up there and I took that picture of, I can't say skinny me, but skinnier me on the death hike. Yeah, you said when I ordered it, I told myself I wasn't going to wear it and I, I didn't deserve it until I proved myself worthy, which I never thought, said, or anything else. I packaged it. I think I wrote you a card. I sent yeah. it to you and figured like, didn't think anything else of it. And then you sent me that, yeah, over another shirt at this point in the death hike, like which Gabriel's talked about devil's causeway on that particular hike and it's a pretty narrow uh pretty narrow strip of the trail that's somewhat consequential if you screw up right i mean i can see it in your pictures um and and you guys did that death hike which i i just loved right that you to me this this embodies a bigger picture and it's true of both you and gabriel in the sense of you saw a goal, you took the initiative to create it, and you went and did it. Now, whether that's true of him in, in terms of both of you guys in starting Ivory or creating your own death hike or you in this, like to me, and I, I wrote this out in preparation for this and, and in typing the notes, to me, the most impactful thing about this is that we had that conversation in Salt Lake, and then you went and did something about it. I, I've had conversations with lots of people over the years and like a lot of the folks that you had described in terms of um you them asking you the question about what you did you giving them the information and then you know for whatever reason they don't put it in play or don't put it in play at that point you did (laughs) right and that's just uh that's just not that's not common and and i think that it's um i think that's very tremendous and a testament to sort of the way that you think. And that's, uh, that's awesome. I wanted to be sure to, to highlight that. Did, uh, do you feel like this hunt compared to previous hunts that your goal in the weight loss was realized? In other words, like, do you feel like you noticed a difference being 58 pounds lighter moving up the hills? Absolutely. Yeah. I just zipped up and down the mountain. I mean, in (laughs) relative to me, you know, after talking to Gabe and what you guys do, I moved fast for me not exo death hike speed but it was easy speaking of this little gallivant uh this little four mile loop i heard about this can you uh yeah i like how you originally left this out of the story can you recap what happened on that little four mile loop (laughs) oh are you so are you referring to the death hike or the hunt because these are two different sillinesses well now i'm referring to the death hike because okay. I'd, I'd assume that's kind of what you were referencing. Um, so the death leg was actually, for us, a shortcut. One of the guys had a knee problem, and his knee started acting up right away. And Gabe had added this six-mile loop. And by it only added three miles. So instead of cutting straight three miles, basically, it literally just was a little hook that went around and met up at a T, which was three miles longer. So I said, hey, I'll go with this guy. We'll take the shorter route. Go slow. We'll meet you at this point. Prior to that, he had given his sleeping bag to somebody because it was hanging off his bag. And they're like, look, we'll take some weight off for you. And he was like, thank you very much. So we hike. We get to the tee. We sit down. And we're waiting and waiting and waiting. Two and a half hours. And we went slow. Like we lollygagged all the way across this section. It's getting later in the day and we're still seven miles from where we're supposed to camp. And I'm like, we got to go. Like 
I don't know if they're ahead of us, if they're behind us, but it's four o'clock. Like we got to move. So we start hiking. We get to uh, another T. Basically, the trail to our camp goes up a hill two miles. So we're like, well, we'll camp right here. If they're behind us, they'll hit, bump into us, and then we'll know we don't have to go up to camp. Uh, we got there at dark. So we set up set up camp, eat dinner. We're waiting, waiting. Well, they're not here. We got to go to bed. <laughs> my buddy looks at me and he goes, well, my sleeping bag is with those guys. Like, Uh-oh. Well, looks like we're <laughs> bunking together. So we throw our jackets on, uh, get in the tent. I throw my, open up my mummy bag, throw it over the both of us. And we try to sleep and we're two guys fighting for one sleeping bag all night, um, tossing and turning, shivering. I mean, it's, it was summer, but it's up in the mountains. We were at 10,500 feet. So it got cold that night, wrestle a little bit, woke up at about four 30. I'm like, well, I guess we're getting up. It's early. Well, we both end up laying back down and then my buddy hopped up onto my sleeping pad, which put us real close together. And then the sleeping bag then covered both of us. I fell asleep fast. I mean, literally he like got so close and I was like, Oh, I guess this is what we're doing. I'm out. 6.30, we both wake up again, totally refreshed, nice and warm. Like, we should have done that all night. It was a little, little warmth and snuggles changes the game for everybody. Absolutely. Well, that's it, good. That's great that you guys, that's great that you guys ended up figuring out a way because I'm sure that it was freezing up there. Even in the summer, it's, I mean, even at like, I've been at, I've been at 10,000, I guess, in June or July. It's not warm, not at night. And that sunset's behind like the, the most distant peak. It is cold. All right, man. You did it. Any uh, any last minute comments you want to leave for everybody? I got to tell everybody to listen to you. You've said it. Re-listening to that podcast, listening to other people say it. You know, Bob's story about a month ago, month ago or so was awesome hearing him talk about you know, the ups and downs, go do it. It's not hard. Does it take a little bit of time? Yep. Does it take a little bit of discipline? Yep. But you can do it. So, yeah, well, I appreciate that. And I mean, you're a, you're a testament to that. And like we've talked about a dozen times, the tracking, the measuring is a way, right. To, to achieve the goal. And, and it works inversely too, meaning, there are folks who are interested in gaining weight. There are folks who are interested in building endurance. I've got a, a person in the program right now that's interested in both of those. The beauty of the tracking and the measuring is it cuts out all the uncertainty, right? There is no guesswork that has to be done no matter what frame you're in. It doesn't matter if you're like we've, I've tried very hard over the years to try to simplify the message with Valley to Peak. And I feel like we're doing a better and better job each year. And so when you look at your goals, it's probably on the end of one triangle, either maintenance, building endurance and muscle, weight loss. The tracking and the measuring is a way to achieve all of those. Are there other ways to achieve them? Yes. But nearly all of them leave some guesswork involved, some ambiguity to it. And in my experience, both personally and in working with people, there is nothing more frustrating on the planet than feeling like you are applying yourself, but not seeing the progress. And the tracking and the measuring 
takes away that frustration. So to your point, is it, does it involve some more time and focus? Yes. Is it perhaps a little more tedious than just sitting down and saying you're not going to eat all of X, Y, and Z food group or whatever? Yes. But it also provides tremendous flexibility and takes away, in my opinion, the biggest thing is it takes away the frustration and, you know, kudos to you because you're right. It's, it's not hard, but it's, it's, it's also not, not easy. And, um, sticking it out, having that consistency is the challenging part and you, you did it. So awesome job, man. Well, thank you. One thing I was going to ask you, did you ever run a maintenance phase? Are you to your goal? And did you ever run a maintenance phase? I have not run the maintenance phase yet. Tied my record low and I'm debating on how low to go. I thought of you with your, uh, how low is too low? Like people like the, the number it's weird. People get hung up on it thinking that it means something, you know, in ours. But, yeah. And I mean, we, and we do too. That three pounds is not going to translate to anything meaningful beyond some satisfaction in your head that you reached a numeric value, you know, that a numeric value that could change when you wake up and go to the bathroom, by the way. Right. I mean, there's, and, and, and on the flip side of that, going back to the, when, when is light too light, the aesthetics that I fell in love with, I was like, forget this, because I can promise you my social life meant more to me than those aesthetics at that time. And so I intentionally put on 15 pounds and that's kind of where I've cruised, you know, for forever. When you get to where you want to be now that you're home from the elk hunt and things calm down in terms of travel with the, um, with the chaos of hunting season, when you run a formal maintenance plan, we should, we should figure that out for you because that, okay. that looks different. And that will be a very key part of your success long-term, right? Titration of those calories to get to maintenance is brings about so much relief in terms of long-term management of that weight. To me, unless a guy runs that or a girl runs that, um, it's there's a risk there for the weight rebounding long term, right? And so it would be really worth us sitting down and running that when you get to that point. All right, so lots to cover in today's podcast. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. And I do not want to leave without saying one last time how grateful I personally am for you, uh, how grateful Lindsay and I are for you in terms of everybody tuning in, listening to the podcast. And I am really looking forward to everything that is to come in 2024. I feel like I am beating a drum here by saying, if you have any questions, you can always send those to us at info at v2pnutrition.com. We would be more than happy to help. Have a great and safe new year. And we will be back again with a couple of episodes in a couple of weeks.